Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right. Welcome back to the Run Dot Down Strickland post game show on the Strickland YouTube channel. If you're listening afterwards, the day after on the Strickland Podcast Network. I am Sam. I'm joined by Doug and Jeff. Um, Knicks win 94 to 81, I believe the final score was. No, 92 to 81. Oop, I gave the Knicks two extra points. Um, but yeah, this was probably one of the most disgusting wins that the Knicks have pulled out this year. Um, the amount of turnovers, and that includes the record amount of travel calls being called tonight, which was annoying, um, definitely lended its way to the absolute disgust that this game was. I mean, the the awful three-point shooting on both sides. It was just a really rough watch. I could barely find myself finding things to cheer for during this game. But, um, you know, Dib's seat will remain hot as he is not going to be fired after a win. Um, probably if the Knicks had lost tonight, they probably would have definitely canned him. But this win definitely gets him a couple extra days. Um, some rotation changes that we will discuss um, as well. But where do we want to start in terms of the Knicks side of things? Probably RJ, right? Like, because it was so bad in the first half, and then he kind of not salvaged it. But I mean, he did his part. best. Well, yeah, he did. His, he well, did his he best. salvaged it until Tibbs is like, you know what? I'm just going to put you in at like three minutes, four minutes left in the game after not playing like 12 plus minutes. So it's like, yeah, sure. The Knicks defended so well tonight that, like, you can't. I, I yeah, I, yeah, you can't, you can't, I, you can't, you, no, I, 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 I agree. Yeah. I'm going to add on to what you were saying, though, because yeah. I, I don't think we should trash Tibbs, but that, that point you just brought up, how does RJ play 20 minutes in the first half and 11 in the second half? That's so backwards. Like, he was so Completely. bad in the first Completely half. Completely backwards. I know. So he was detrimentally bad. Like, we should have been up with how bad the Cavs shot, and they were missing wide open shots. Uh, at least early on, like with all the shots they missed and the way the bench unit specifically played for the Knicks, we should have been up 15 plus at halftime. RJ absolutely killed the Knicks in the first half. Especially that last, like those last three possessions that he had. Yeah. Probably the three worst possessions. That three that almost got stuck in the. (laughs) Yeah. It almost got lodged in the side of the room. I was like, wow, that's a bad shot. Yeah. What you did. And then, and then he comes out and he kind of puts the team on his back early on in the second half. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, I was actually specifically looking for it because Tibbs has been so robotic with the Brunson and RJ come out at the five minute mark so that Randall can play with the bench, which by the way, like conspiracy theorist to me is just like, he wants Randall's like plus minus numbers to look better because he loves Randall. Like that's <laughs> he's trying to, he, like that. That's I like, can see that. <laughs> Definitely. Um, but of course they haven't helped because just any lineup <laughs> Randall plays with is dog shit. Um, but anyways, he's so robotic with that rotation. I was like, well, let's see if he's willing to, you know, maybe pull Brunson and Randall and have RJ play with Grimes and Deuce and quickly. And let's see if he can go small that way. But of course he didn't. And then RJ was just out and he only played 11 minutes in the same half. And Benji said it. He's he, he, he tweeted about it. He was at the game. He said, I get wanting quickly and Grimes on, um, on Mitchell and Garland. I I concur, 
but there are ways to have quickly and Grimes and RJ on the court when, when RJ is playing well, like, but that's just not how Tibbs sees basketball, I guess. No, it is not. Um, but yeah, I thought he had a really rough go of things in the first half. Um, he's had a lot of rough halves and just overall rough games. Um, but yeah, to your point, that was really backwards with the way he'd managed his minutes. I mean, what can you expect? He does one thing well, and he has to do two other things or three other things wrong. Um, but yeah, I thought, you know, he did, he, he did his best to, to salvage it. I mean, again, defensively, there's still some things that he needs to work on and the whole team needs to work on as a whole. Um, but I, I, I do think the defensive intensity was a little bit better today as compared to the second half of the Mavs game where they absolutely look like they just quit on the basketball court. Um, but this was a much better game. And I think seeing those missed shots from the Cavs early on definitely helped them keep their defensive intensity up. Because even though they were missing open shots, they at least the Knicks probably, probably tried to trick themselves into thinking, OK, we're doing something good defensively to just keep up what we're doing. Um, and, you know. It worked. They scored 81 points. Um, this is the first time an ex-opponent has not scored more than 101 points, more than 90 points all year. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like uh, like Doug said early on, like they, they played a good defensive game. Like there were open shots they gave up, but there was clear improvement, especially when – the deuce quickly grimes lineup was out there. That yeah, was I, I, I was going to say, you know, you know what the big change was that really helped the Knicks, and it's really, I, I don't want to, I don't want to say it's either fortunate or unfortunate. I'm just going to say what happened because I'll, I'll hold in my, uh, my takes for a little later. But um, just having Deuce, who clearly can't do anything on offense, but just him having him on defense is so much better than Derrick Rose because Derrick Rose <laughs> provides you jack shit on defense and. Sure, he'll get a couple shots and he'll be relatively efficient, but he's really not giving you much on offense either. It's not like he's distributing or running anything well. So it's that basic change to the rotation is significant, like makes the team significantly better as something as little as that, just replacing Derrick Rose's minutes. Like it should probably be more quickly, but just because, well, they cut out Cam too. So like he kind of saw a little bit of that, but like just something as basic as just taking Derek Rose out of lineup just makes the team better. And also Doug, something me and you in the past have, I mean, me and you are two of the leaders of the quickly hive and Sam, obviously, I mean, Sam's been there too, but one thing that we've all talked about is that when Rose isn't in there, another um, effect is that quickly runs the bench unit. Yep. And it's so So, much better so much better and even if it's not like like even if even if you because rose brought things like it's not like rose is doing nothing offensively you know i mean he was bad this year but i'm I'm talking about his knicks his totality on the knicks clearly clearly had positives but the whole argument that we are i mean if i don't want to speak for you guys that i made is that you have to be willing to take half a step back to let quickly blossom in that department so, like, mm-hmm. even if the Knicks are a couple, like, the drastic, even if they're a couple points worse per possession when Quickly's out there with the bench unit, it's going to have long-term gains. It's going to, we're going to be seeing more of him controlling things, and that's a good thing for the franchise, and there's really no downside to it, because, like, what, it's going to no. cost him a win, maybe at worst? So, like, this is a move you had to make, and 
kudos to Tibbs for making it. Finally. Yeah, quickly creates so much open space for everyone. The Knicks weren't making their shots, but he creates so many open shots for everyone. Like, he just makes the team better, and there's just no excuse to have... You have quickly, you have Grimes, and you have Brunson. Every single one of them should be playing, what, at minimum 26 minutes? Like, there's no reason that these guys, like, they can't find time. There's two guard spots, and there's three legitimate guards on the team. Like, you could play all of them with ease. And having quickly coming off the bench and both being able to play with Brunson and without Brunson is so important for the Knicks. Like you, he's clearly like the perfect guy to come off the bench as like, he'll, he's actually like the fifth best. You don't want to say like, he's like, he's actually a starter though, but it makes more sense for him to come off the bench if you play it right. And clearly the Knicks can, they, they did it today, but, um, Still, it's. I mean, he can still play more. He only played ten minutes in the first half when he, which was his better right. half. Right, that was like he could, Yes, he could definitely play more, but this was like more in the right direction. The idea Absolutely. of like, all right, we're taking Rose out. Deuce plays so quickly. He's going to basically like handle everything. It's like that's should have been the move since they, that should have been the move last year at this time. But <laughs> we're here now, finally, and at least that was a smart decision. But. Yeah, I mean, the Knicks still miss shots. Cleveland missed shots. And thank God. Thank God we didn't trade for Donovan Mitchell. That <laughs> fucking bum. He is a disgrace. He is a he's not even a B-list. He is a C-list star in this league. He had an opportunity to get the Knicks on a the second night of a back-to-back off an embarrassing loss where a coach is on the hot seat. He was going to come into hit, you know, his hometown, his stadium. He could have fi- had Tibbs fired and embarrass the Knicks. And you know what he does? He puts up a fucking dud because he sucks. And everyone wanted to trade Grimes and Quickly and RJ and Obi and Mitch and seven first-round picks and 22nd-round right. picks. I think, I think you're, you're like for drastically – Because you're drastically so goddamn good. He's like, look at him. Overselling the trade. He is such an offensive talent. Oh, my God. He can lead everything. You know what he led him to? He led, the, he led an 81-point team against the New York Knicks who got their ass beat at home last night. Disgraceful performance by Donovan Mitchell. Thank God he's not on the team. If Fuck they ever off. create like a video dictionary, that rant will be next to the word exaggeration in the video dictionary because that was like that was like the ultimate exaggeration. He's, like, he's a bum. He's a bum. <laughs> well, I mean, Darius Garland and Evan Moore definitely didn't help him. Two him other there. bums, too. They're all bums on that team. Jesus. Like, what is it? They're like, oh, they're the fourth best. They have the fourth best record in the team. You can't beat the Knicks after that embarrassing loss. That's disgraceful. And then to you have fair, the Knicks, staff is all like, to, oh, look, I know where the shots are going to go because I'm so smart. Can't even get make his shots. To be fair to them, to be fair to them. The Knicks pull out BS wins like this all the time against teams like that. So they're the reason and, why and Tom Thibodeau is the still Cavs, a coach. The Cavs won Mitchell's minutes. Like <laughs> they just yeah. were minus seven. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Did they win the game? <laughs> I'm just saying that. Did they the, win the game? The Mitchell yes no? seems a little missing. Did they win the game? Yes or no? What was the scoreboard? Who won and who <laughs> lost? Well, I mean, we all lost because Thibs is still going to be the coach for it. Exactly. That's, see, that, that's also that's the residual effect of Donovan Mitchell being a C-list star. Tom Thibodeau now is going to be the coach until maybe the end of the year just because of this win. So thank you. No, I would say I would say I would say all star break. I say this grants him like this grants him a little bit extra time 
man, we shot five of twenty nine from three, and we had twenty one turnovers. I know Jeez. that's what I'm saying. It was it's disgraceful, so disgraceful performance by the Cavaliers. But yeah, that was a bad that was a bad performance by us, and we still won that game. Um, I guess we can get into the rotation change. That I mean, we kind of already got started to get into it, but the rotation change also included Cam Reddish not getting any minutes. I don't I don't really agree with that, honestly. Um, I thought he was playing pretty fine up until the last like two games, I would say maybe. The last but other game. than that, <laughs> well, yeah, the last game more specifically was was the glaring one. Um, but yeah, I, I, I really don't agree with Dibs' assessment. Well, I never agree with his assessment of anything, but like I definitely didn't agree with this. Um I thought so, his so Sam, Sam, can I cut in just for a second? Mm-hmm. It's related to what you're saying, both mm-hmm. with the rotation change mm-hmm. and not agreeing. Like Thibodeau is oh my god. So Fred Katz literally just tweeted. Thibodeau says Derek Rose not playing tonight was a second night of a back-to-back thing. Yeah. Like here's a, yeah. so Cam is out of the rotation. There you go. Right? There this you go. Bring Rose back but leave Cam on the bench. And Deuce, it's gonna be it's gonna be this, but with Rose. So the mm-hmm. one good thing, he's coming out and saying that the good thing that happened tonight wasn't actually a good thing that he meant to do. Like he no. he has no he just doesn't know what he's watching. Oh my god, he needs to get whatever that. you think. <laughs> oh my god. Tom Thibodeau will do the opposite. Whatever, like whatever is going to happen, it is. The opposite. Like, that's basically what it is at this point. Like, of course Derrick Rose isn't playing on the back, you know, back of it, back to back. Of course, that's also the reason why the Knicks win, too. It's because they didn't have to, like, Derrick Rose has been tanking the bench lineup, like, completely tanking them all season. And then you remove him from the rotation and you, and then you give up 81 points because you decide to play, like, really good de- defense for, like, basically, like, three quarters, like, a total of three quarters. Three and a half quarters. Is that a fair assessment for their next defense? I would say because so. they did because they did give up open shots and there were some like issues, but they also ran. The... Ba- I thought it was clearly bad the first six minutes. Like when the Knicks were yes. nineteen yes. nine, I was like, "This is ridiculous!" Like the Cavs should already have thirty points. They've missed. Yes, so I would many agree. They were shots. just missing shots. And then from the first sub on, when he brought quickly and Deuce on through like the rest of the game. Yeah, it completely changed the game. They, yeah, I, I think they played good the rest of the game. Even like Randall, like Randall like had a couple just very Randall possessions, but like there were also a couple where he gave max effort that you don't ever see. Like I, I really thought they locked in after that first sub. He, Randall was also willing to give that game away. Did you see the the thing that he he tipped the pass on the inbound, but it was by accident. Because he didn't see where the ball was, and they're like, "Oh, Randall didn't get it." It was just, it was just like one of the, like Randall was willing to give this game away, but uh, he didn't. Because Donovan he's Mitchell's also he's also done with the whole this isn't his team thing, like, and it's completely changed the dynamic of everyone. Like, he's not getting his shots through the offense anymore. He's back to playing Randall ball, like pretty much full time. And you can see the effect it's having on Jalen Brunson specifically mm-hmm. because Jalen Brunson's distribution has gone down the last week or two. He, his assists have gone down when Brunson runs the offense. He's looking to get himself buckets because the other times when he tries to run the offense through Randall, through the guy who's supposed to be like the second bunny, Randall has basically just hijacked it. And like mm-hmm. he we've now seen multiple quarters where Randall's taking more shots than the rest of the starting lineup combined. So like pretty much. Yeah. He he he's done with the like he's he's just like, oh, okay, my numbers are good, my efficiency's up. 
I've pretended long enough. And I mean, we'll see what the fallout is, but good thing I didn't fall for that shit. Because <laughs> <laughs> I know some motherfuckers on Twitter was like running victory laps and shit. Like I, it was, it, it's been wild because you definitely like I do think Randall is definitely better from last year, but that was going to be a given yeah, but like because the, he was yeah, the bar was, was like, literally like well, below yeah, hell. Out of, is out of the camera. So he has been better, he has been more efficient, and it's ultimately the reason why he's been more efficient is the way he doesn't want to play, right? Like he wants to hold on to the ball. You see it all the time. He wants to do his ISO post up. And that's why mm-hmm. it's so easy to double him because mm-hmm. he's going on the, on the, uh, basically the baseline for an ISO. The help is coming from the top and it takes away every single passing lane. It, he's so predictable that like, this is what he does. And when he makes quick decisions, it is always better. When he shoots the ball quickly, it is always better. When he attacks the rim quickly, it is always better. When he pat like everything he does, but he doesn't want to do that because that means less time for him with the ball in his hand. And it's so frustrating to watch because the first half of yesterday's game, you were like, okay, I can live with this Julius Randle. Like that version of Julius Randle, you can kind of live with, but like you can't, but it, it devolves every single time. It's, it, it's terrible. And the thing is, is that his efficiency has bought him so much good grace, like which mm-hmm. with, with, with the coach specifically, like yeah. um, the bad shots are starting to creep back in. I, I posted from the Strickland account they're, like a week ago. I, I posted from the Strickland account like a week ago that his number of shots from between like 15 feet and the three point line was at an all-time low rate. Like mm-hmm. it was, it was, it, it's, it's, it's as low as it's ever been. Even the New Orleans season, he's pretty much only taking threes and shots inside ten feet. Um, but tonight he took like five of those shots. Like I, I think he basically is just like, okay, I've got the good grace. I can now take whatever shots I want. And the, look, I mean, maybe he'll have another shooting season like he did in twenty twenty one. Doubt it, but maybe he will. But if he doesn't, and he doesn't course correct from what we're seeing these last few games from a style standpoint, the efficiency is going to go back down. I mean, he was seven for 19 tonight and mm-hmm. he's just not a good enough shooter to justify taking those shots consistently. Nope. And the defense, no. like there were points of intensity, but there are also points where like, he's literally just watching guys like take open shots. Like mm-hmm. there was this time, I mean, the most glaring one was Donovan Mitchell wide open in the corner um and this guy is just like he's absolutely he's like absolutely lost he has no idea donovan mitchell's in the corner even when he does no he just like no idea him and just watches him shoot there was another closeout on darius garland in the like the third quarter that was or it was the second quarter yeah, it was the second quarter um another closeout by him on darius garland that was absolutely pathetic like i i, I have a question i want to throw it out there to you guys mm-hmm. is do you think most people or even us can tell the difference between a good closeout and a bad closeout? Because I think when you just look at like the closeout numbers and you just see the fact that someone is closing out, I think a lot of people, and even sometimes like I'll even fall for it too, will think it's a good closeout. It's a good effort, but there is a difference between a good closeout and a bad closeout. And the bad ones are usually the ones that we think they're giving effort when they're flying, when they're flying by the uh, the guy, because you're not supposed to really do that. You need to get nope, out. Nope, you're supposed to like ch- and you got chop you your gotta, feet basically. And you got to chop your feet. You got to get low and your hand up at the same time. Exactly. You got to get ready for the um the drive. Well, the, like you yep, you have exactly. to do both at the same time. 
and Randall never does that. Obi also doesn't do it. Obi's another They all just like fly by with their hands up and that's a bad closeout. And the only people who do it properly on this team are Grimes, Quickly, Quickly. and McBride. Like it's it, it's just kind of wild. Brunson doesn't do that because he's already too small, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> it doesn't Yeah, I mean, matter. him jumping up is like basically him just having his hand up like this. Yeah, anyways. like it's, it's just whatever. So he could just look for charges and stuff. He Like, Jalen Brunson is really good. He's smart. He understands that he, he can't do that, so he'll get into your space. But no, it's just the Knicks don't do that. RJ, does, I don't, RJ doesn't do either. <laughs> he actually I, doesn't I, I do, I do I do think also like the Knicks, the players you just mentioned on the bad side, have almost created a new definition for a bad closeout because RJ sometimes won't even bother putting his hands up. He'll just yeah. run out with his hands down. Yeah, and then exactly. Randall will just sometimes not even move. Like he'll oh, just, Randall will stare at guys. Yeah, he'll, he'll, stand <laughs> in the paint, he'll stand in the paint and wait for the rebound instead of even and see if even fake closing out. Mm-hmm. Um, like I agree with you with about Obi that sometimes he's a little bit too ambitious and like you know, Kevin Love got one where he just got Obi in the air tonight, and then yeah. I thought he was going to catch him with the the three in the air, but I I recognize that like guys don't do that anymore, so that was a close one there. But yeah, yeah, that was close. But I, I still struggle to put Obi in the same category as RJ and Randall because at yeah, least no, he hasn't been he hasn't no, no, no. He hasn't been as bad defensively as those guys. No, yeah, he hasn't been as bad as I'm talking about the closeout out specifically. I don't think Obi's the best at closing out. No, okay. I agree. I'm just saying I still. I still would take Obi giving effort at closing out over what RJ and Randall have been doing. Okay, oh, yeah, of course. That's, it's oh, yeah, no margin. doubt, because they've been like tire fires. Right. <laughs> yeah, we're just I'm just saying there's bad defense. Then like then there's tire fire defense. Like that yeah. is it is it's not even on the scatter plot, right? You know what I'm saying? Like it is all the way gone. It's yeah, that's where they are. Obi's just in like bad defense. And like you can live with that every now and then. Like it's not gonna kill you. Because at least he still gives effort. Yeah, exactly. Um, before we get into comments, because we got quite a few rolling in, it is time for everyone's favorite part of these shows now. The NBA season is heating up, and there are still so many unknowns about the Knicks' future. When I'm looking to get in on the action, I bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place a same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, total rebounds, and more. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win big. Um, One of the better things about DraftKings as opposed to other popular sportsbooks, which commercials flood my TV, um. DraftKings has defensive props. I love using defensive props to boost up those same game parlays, especially if you know certain players are really consistent at doing something well defensively. Um, Sadly, others like FanDuel do not include that, which diminishes the experience. But anyways, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Sign up with code TBPN, as you see in the corner of your screen if you're watching on YouTube. Place a $5 pregame money line bet on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code TBPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum agent eligible restrictions apply. See show notes or show description for details. Woo! Oh my goodness. All right, let's get to some comments because Brian Benjamin, who I think is on the 
who's on the West Coast, he has left a whole bunch of comments. His his stream of consciousness as the game is going on. He's Love leaving it. his thoughts. Love it. Love it. Um Brian, he said RJ is looking like the worst player in his draft. Oh, come I am on, assuming, Brian. I am assuming this was during that one for eight first half stretch where he had <laughs> Okay, okay, fair enough. Um, he also said, um, wow, he was like losing it. <laughs> he was losing it during this game. Um, but yeah, I mean, um, let's see. He says, Obi gets the run in the fourth, and I see no cam either. This team is a mess. We wasted all of our draft picks, LOL. I mean, yeah, I mean, I th- I saw a post um, earlier, and this was, I think this was like a message that was in the strict cord of, um, you know, how no other team would have mismanaged the Knicks pick situation. Um, if you look at um, the Knicks in back-to-back drafts, they've had, they got, o- they got RJ and Obi, two lottery picks, and they barely shared the floor with each other over there. Um, over these like what is it four three years? It's been since we've drafted Obi and RJ's been on the it, team as well. Yeah, it's it's in the process of the third year. Yeah, we're in the process of a third year, and they've barely seen time together on the floor. I mean, we've barely we we've we've barely seen IQ, Obi, RJ, Cam, those guys, Grimes, all get run together in various you know combinations of whatnot. So I mean, yeah this this team and their pick situation it's like if, if if your ultimate end goal is to end up trading for a star it helps a ton to showcase the young talent that you want to include in these 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 trades and i know people are going to say well no the the main prize of these trades is teams acquiring your your draft picks but like don't you think that if they also showcase their young players then that can like mitigate some of that like i i don't know where do you guys stand on this? Any other team after basically when they when Kemba was benched, right? Any other team would have been like, all right, clearly last seat like at that time, clearly last season is not coming back. Let's not try to capitalize on that and let's just dive right into the young players. Like that it was right there. And any other team would have done that probably besides the Knicks. Like, how do you like, even though it was a, just a five-game sample, so it's nothing really significant, but, like, Obi and IQ were just lighting it up in meaningless minutes in April, but still lighting it up. How do you go from those good vibes, then getting Jalen Brunson, right, then to just, all right, we're just going to roll it back with Randall, Rose, Tibbs. You know what I'm saying? Like, they they had a path that would have bought this front office a significant amount of time to um for their own job security. And instead, they're look they're looking to be on the hot seat. At least fans right now I've seen on the internet, like they're like Leon Rose is getting heat now. Why? Because he mismanaged this entire situation, and it's absolutely it's kind of wild that like we're actually here because this is one of the few times the Knicks have actually drafted well. They nailed their twenty five pick, their twenty fifth pick in back to back drafts. Like Quentin Grimes is pr- looks pretty legit. <laughs> like he has he has the quick first step he has the defense if the shot comes back like he's he, he's great like i don't know it's just it's what they they had an out and now they're here and now like everyone's job is on the line it, it it's wild and i don't even, and then we didn't even get into the fact that like they still never built a team that helps rj barrett out but that was the whole point like he was the third pick he was supposed to be the guy to friends and you're they didn't have not catered the team 
at all to him. Whether you think he sucks or is going to be a bust is kind of irrelevant because, like, the whole point of, like, you get the third pick, you're supposed to get your guy and build around that guy. Like, that's the entire point of getting a top three pick, and the Knicks didn't do that. So I And everyone else in that draft got drafted to a situation where the team immediately, immediately. built around them. Immediately. It's crazy how we had a two-year stretch with the third pick and then the eighth pick, and one player is somehow kind of nuking both of them. Like Randall yes. is just Randall is just lighting the development of both, and like, and I mean, they're, and they're, picking up the they, Knicks were a couple games under five hundred in their we hear season, and Randall was already in most improved player conversations. Yeah, because like, yeah. if this front office had any foresight at all, he would have been on the trading block then. And it's just like, that was the moment to say, okay, this is the high point. Let's trade him. Like we're not good enough. And to watch last season to Doug's point to watch last season and say, what if we just did everything exactly the same, but replaced Alec Burks with Jalen Brunson is insane. Like that's not a a long-term strategy. That's just kick. That's just kicking the can down the road. That's all that is like, it's just, they're just sort of trying to buy time until some disgruntled star asks out. But the thing is, is that whenever the next, whether it's town, whether it's Levine, whether it's whoever, whenever that moment comes, it, we're going to have the same issue. Like there's a yep. reason that the jazz actually thought that Colin Sexton was a more valuable asset than Emmanuel quickly. That's pathetic. Like that is actually like some of the lowest basketball analysis of all time. There is not a single person who, when you look actually at the impact or break down the tape, thinks that Colin Sexton is more valuable to a basketball team that's trying to win anything than mm-hmm. Con- than Emmanuel Quickly. It's just nonsense. But he's a suppressed asset because of the situation that we're in. All of our assets are suppressed because we're just keeping the status quo. And that's not going to change as long as we keep trying to just fucking limp the can up the road. We get, You have to commit to a path, actually commit to a path. And like Doug just said, they're so close. Like there's just a couple of really mm-hmm. easy moves to just say, okay, like we'll buy you some time. We've got all these nice pieces. Like we Brunson's at the start of his deal. RJ's at the start of his extension. You just mm-hmm. move Randall and you take Rose out of the rotation and you get a coach who knows how to actually like rotate players. And the wins and losses don't matter this to this year. They they just immediately you you can sell that to any reasonable person. The wins and losses stop mattering, and you build an actual desirable situation. But mm-hmm. the Knicks don't want to do that. So and and, and and to Doug's point, RJ has started picking up number 30's habits like mm-hmm. in the worst possible way. I mean, during that stretch where everyone was like absolutely shitting on RJ Barrett on Twitter. It was mainly because he's picked up all, almost all of 30's bad habits. It's all the bad habits. It's arguing with the rest. It's letting the calls get into your head. It's, it's letting that it's, influence how you play on both ends play. of the it court. It gets you pressing. Like, what was the first quarter, right? The first quarter is basically he's not getting his foul calls. He's getting called for travels. He's mad at that. And he just starts pressing because, like, no one else is really doing anything mm-hmm. either. So he's like, I got to put the team on back. And it's like, no, that's what julius does right it's like rj that is not what you're supposed to do you should in these situations look to pass the ball move without the ball like do that and you'll get in rhythm when you're in rhythm you'll be able to find your shot 
And then when you find your shot, you have easy driving lanes. Like RJ is could be so like RJ needs to simplify his game. And that's how he just kind of needs to just like approach things. He's doing he's he's doing the Julius Randall, and that's why you see all these. That's why you see him almost do a wedgie in the uh, in the corner three that the end the uh, the quarter. It's wild. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like he's it doing crazy. everything. It's I don't know. It's you got to get him out of here. Like you got to get Randall out of here. You got to get Tibbs out of here, and then you need a guy who is legitimately going to hold everyone accountable because. RJ's not that guy, right? Like, yeah, you got your extension. You're not that guy who could be like, I'm going to get pissy with the refs. That's not you. Like, that's not you. You can't do that. You haven't yeah, heard it's, anything. It's you so out of character, too. Yeah, it's like you haven't done anything. Like, just you need a coach to be like, RJ, you can't do that. We're not getting that. And he, he, that's every time you see RJ, like, fall back and go in these slides for the past, like, basically – yeah, since like last year too, because we kind of saw these up and ups and downs. Mm-hmm. That's what he does. He's now it's just it's um growing. Is it metastasized? Is that the word for it? Like it's just growing and growing, and you gotta you gotta cut it out before it gets worse. Cause you're gonna have RJ, like if you don't change anything, and you're gonna go into the like the next next year, you know, next year coming up with the same team, they're going nowhere. It's it, it's gonna be even more of a disaster than what it is and this was all predictable too all of this was predictable which is the wild part it's stuff that we've been complaining about this whole time yeah since since the alfred payton like issue right that thing since then we're like this is going to happen because and it's the same script over and over again and front office is just i don't know what they're waiting for i i I don't know to ask out and for the for the, it's for not the asking price and for the asking <laughs> price happening. to be unbelievably cheap. Yeah, it's like it's not happening. Like, give up. Um, Andre Cross says Grimes IQ Deuce Obi lineup was putting in work on both sides. Mm-hmm. What does Thibs have against aesthetically pleasing basketball? Does not fit his MO. It doesn't fit his MO. He's a, he's basically your high school coach. That's basically. what Tibbs is, right? Tibbs is like, because you you don't want to give high like High school guys, they they suck, right? They suck at basketball, so you can leave them open for threes. <laughs> so that's high school defense. Pack the paint, collapse on the three because you don't want to give up the layups. It's the same goddamn thing that you do in high school and in college, and it works because it's not as good, and the NBA has evolved to know, like, to get the right open shots now. It, it, it just it doesn't work. This philosophy doesn't work anymore. It's threes, I don't think, I don't think threes... I haven't tested this out yet, so don't quote. Like, I don't have anything. I just have a feeling that since the moment we were talking more about the three-point volume increase led to more randomness, right? I think now we're going to be on that downturn as teams have kind of learned that, okay, not every three, every open three is equal. So now they're taking better open threes. And then I think we're going to see the randomness kind of go down with the volume increase. Again, I don't. I That's kind of what have, we saw in the Mavs game. Yeah, like I don't have any sort of like backing of this. I just think that happened because you, like you said, we saw this in the Mavs game specifically. The Mavs knew exactly the open spots. Like there wasn't they really ran much driving Spain kick. like how many times to get open threes? Yeah. yeah, like it was it was just super simple basketball because they knew exactly where the help was coming from. They do like they knew exactly ro- every single rotation. They knew because so we are did, so predictable. That's it. Exactly. Yeah. Why? I think what you're saying makes sense, though. Like you, 
like all you're saying is that if teams shoot higher percentage shots, volatility decreases. That's right. That's, it's, yeah, that's, it's, that's, that's yeah. perfectly rational. Right. It's we saw because the increase leads to randomness. You adjust that because you're like, oh, the numbers are saying it's random. How do we minimize randomness? You know, stabilize it. You know, like how do we avoid it? Let's stabilize it by getting better, better threes. And that's what you see teams are doing. And then you're going to see that adjust where defenses now have to get back out at the three point line. Like you have to have faster defenses or you have to have different types of defenses. Now it's, we're going to see the, we're going to see another game change soon. Right. There's this misconception that threes are more volatile because they're longer shots. They're more volatile because they're less likely to go in. Like Steph Steph Curry doesn't have huge droughts you know like any more than you know a, a 40 percent right. and that's and that's why he's the greatest right it's because right. he's so he's so stable he's basically he's basically a 50 50 chance the ball's going in like that's why he's the greatest not everyone understood that so they tried jacking it up like steph and then they realized oh maybe steph's really really good at shooting we should try to get better looks and that's what we're going to see and tibbs hasn't adjusted for that at all he's just keeping the same thing he as never like will Right, because he's now using the philosophy of randomness of threes. Right, he, like he he said that. Did he say that the uh, the other game, like the volatility of threes or whatever? And it's like you're you're a couple years behind, buddy. <laughs> and a, a, a weird thing that I, I, I'm surprised that Tibbs doesn't know how to make this logical jump. So he loves rim protection, mm-hmm. and he loves guys like it, it was what he said he loved about Peyton, even though the film didn't show what he was saying about Peyton but he loves guys who can be physical at the point of attack because it he's all about stopping people from getting in the paint yes but why doesn't he understand that if you have a lineup like Deuce Grimes and quickly three elite point of attack defenders the other team is so unlikely to get to the rim in the first place mm-hmm. that a, a paint bound rim protector is almost redundant you don't need so I'm surprised that nobody's been like, hey, we're sort of protecting the rim with our wing defenders with these three guys together. Why don't we try Obi and RJ with those two? You know, because we don't really need like why not try that for a few nights, a few minutes a game? Like I, I'm, I'm not even saying Tibbs. I know he's insane. But like, how is there not one person who's like we Do you think like, all the associates and assist- assistants are scared of him? Like suggest yeah. this type of stuff. I don't even think it's scared. I I don't think that they care. Like, you think that's even though you think even, they all believe in the same philosophy? No, no, no. I, I even though we saw like the win today and things it's appear like to be like like cheery. It's something that I just I just don't. I think everyone's just out on like Tibbs just doesn't get it right, and it's almost like not worth it. Oh, they're like, like oh, it's not even worth like bringing this up. Like I don't like, think this stuff you. is worth it. Like that's what the third quarter of last game looked like, right? It was just like the Knicks looked like they knew that Dallas was going to adjust and Tibbs wasn't right. And they're just like, what's the point of even playing? That's what, it, that's what it came off as like that. Like, I just think everyone's done. Like, what's the point of going to Tibbs? Like, Hey, you may have the three point philosophy wrong. If he's just going to not listen to you, like he's just going to talk over you. So I not- never, I never bought that part of it though. Like, like I'm not, I'm not saying you're wrong. This is my, I don't know. I'm just speculating. Like I have no idea, but I'm, I'm saying, there. I'm saying specifically the effort part, even against the Mavs, I would have bet that it wasn't the players quitting on Tibbs. Like, I don't think you can get a, a performance like you did across the board tonight if the players aren't bought in. I feel like that's too. I need them to quit on him, though. 
<laughs> I need them to. I mean, like, I'm not, I'm not I, saying you're wrong, but I, I do believe that that is like his biggest strength as a coach is to get guys to buy in to stuff that is like clearly preposterous. There has to be there has to be somebody in Quickly's camp who's like, dude, you should be playing more. Like, yep. th- there's got to be somebody, an agent, who's like, this is literally we're losing fifty million dollars because this coach is like, oh, you're an off the bench guy. Obi's got to have a guy. How is Obi still smiling? I don't understand it. I would have, I would have freaked out years ago. Like I would have been. I don't understand how he is still so calm unless he's bought in. Unless this coach is like somehow Jedi mind tricking him into believing that this is for his best. Somehow, I, I don't get it. But it's a power that I believe that Tibbs has. I think I know why. I, I it sounds to as much as we criticize how like the defense is and all that sort of stuff even with like the offense and whatnot. Tibbs is right though. Like if you, if you execute everything perfectly, you will win games, right? Like that's the thing. He just doesn't understand that. Like you're not going to have it every night. Like that's just like the fundamental missing piece. I I think it's for him is like, if you have guys packing the paint, you have the ability to kick out, which means the ability to cause more turnovers, right? Like if that, you pack the paint, you make the guard panic and then he has to dish out. And if you're getting out in time, mm-hmm. you you stop the possession. You kind of like ultimately held it up. So like and defense, it works. Right. And if you're closing out right, like it works and it will lead. And to we saw that teams. a ton tonight too with, and, with guys yeah, like right. Grimes, and you, and, and IQ getting into the lanes. I think that's the problem with Tibbs is like, and the players still will buy in is that he's frustrating because he doesn't understand it's not going to be there every night. And he's just going to do the same thing over and over and over again. The way Grimes and quickly sprint out from their dig down into the paint to close out with their hand up. And then the dribbler never is able to get past them ever. Like they're able to sprint out, stop on a dime and then switch their momentum so that they're sliding back with the, the drive and go or the pump and pump and go, excuse me, is remarkable. Like they're so good at it. And I agree with you. Tibbs is probably like, why can't everyone just do that? You know, but it's, it's a skill. It's not like an effort thing. It's an actual skill thing. And that's why I like that line of argument, uh, that argument frustrates me because I could be a coach and just be like, Hey guys, just shoot threes every time. Well, if, if you did it right, we'd win every game, you know, like <laughs> if you guys just shot threes hundred percent of the time, if you did it correctly, we would never lose. Like that's not a defense of Tibbs's team. Players are human beings. They're imperfect people. You have to make adjustments. It can't just always be, well, if they did my scheme right. That line of thinking is like in football when a coach punts on fourth and one and they the team never gets the ball back and somebody in the press conference is like, well, why did you punt? Like you knew you might not get the ball back. And the coach is like, well, if our defense just got the stop, we would have won. You know, you know, like, no, yeah. like you have to consider that sometimes the defense doesn't get the stop. Sometimes guys don't close out perfectly. And you have to have flexibility to your schemes and to your ideas. And I don't know. Some some Tigers don't change their stripes, man. No, they mm-hmm. do not. No. Um, Ace Bouchard says they actually rotated well in the Kevin Love PNRs when they didn't just switch it. Also defended Garland and Mitchell well from three. No one else on the Cavs can shoot. I, yes, they did. And that was great. Also love that Adam Silver wants to make travels the NBA version of football's <laughs> catch rules. Dude, the that travels was, that tonight was... were insane. Like uh, half of them weren't actually travels. 
you can't you can't make something that subjective a point of emphasis no. because LeBron James will never be called for a travel ever. And I'm not like some LeBron hater. I whatever. Like I actually like I actually like LeBron's basketball player. Mm-hmm. So, but the refs are not going to call travels on him the way they were calling him on on even Kevin Love tonight. Like it's or just Luka. never going to happen. So if something that anyone. subjective is made a point of emphasis, all that's going to happen is the discrepancy is going to get wider. Mm-hmm. Well, they're gonna, they're gonna. They called Kevin Knox for this same sh- feet shuffling travel that you see Kawhi Leonard do five times a game, and it always mm-hmm. drove me insane because it's a subjective thing that a ref is just going to swallow his whistle when it's a good player, and he's going to look. It's going to stick out to him because refs are again they're human beings. They have a bias, and. What they see when they see role players, they're like, okay, point of emphasis got to do for it. And they're looking for stuff not to call when it's a really good player. When they did the replay tonight and they were like, let's see if Garland actually did travel. And Bree was like, nope, held his pivot foot. It doesn't matter. That's the same thing that they were calling traveling on other people for. Yes, exactly. So you can't have subjective and you can't leave that up to the refs. You just can't. It's going to be a shit show like it was tonight. And I really hope that somebody in the front office is like, or somebody in the NBA rules officials office mm-hmm. is like, yeah, we can't have another game like that because that's unwatchable. That's it, probably why Tibbs got the technical. Was it because he thought like he was, he was probably arguing like, no, you just called that a travel. You have to now call that a travel. Like, I think that's where, I think that's why Tibbs got the technical because he just lost out on the ref for like hypocrisy or something. Quickly, along those lines quickly had the it. same complaint. Quickly had the same right. complaint. He, uh, he drew an and one, like he made a basket, his only basket in the second half. He did the little like drive, right? Lean into the defender, create the mm-hmm. contact and put the shot up off the backboard. And the yeah. ref didn't. And he pointed to the ref after he made the shot. He was like, you just called that for Garland when Garland yes. creates the contact. And it's just, there's enough, there's enough subjectivity that the refs are, that the refs have power to control. You can't put more in their hands. They're just gonna, it's just going to be a worse product. It's just, mm-hmm. it just is terrible yeah um jordan bob says when you have excellent p- point of attack defense it makes your scheme a lot more effective than if you, have a, you if you run a lineup with d rose number 30 and i heart um has expectations to have a good defense after that is really stupid of thibs yeah i yeah. mean he's running out he's running out the bench lineup with with, with with randall and then he has d rose and hartenstein out there and he's expecting his scheme to work you know seamlessly mm-hmm. without changing a single thing to it and you know we saw that we saw a change tonight because deuce was out there it definitely helped a ton that it wasn't and they Derek won Rose. the game <laughs> and they won the game but thankfully Derek rules will be back next game so that thankfully. we can see him <laughs> on God the court back. and you know cam reddish will not get any minutes even though he's one of our better defenders and probably would be better for this matchup against the hawks too um but hey what do i know i didn't watch the game three times and i'm also not an nba head coach so I don't know what I'm talking about. I just want—I just want to say I, I know we're all pretty unanimous in thinking that it's best for the franchise if Randall gets traded. But like, if you were building an ideal rotation to optimize Randall, it would include minutes without Brunson and RJ and with just four pure work their ass off defenders. Mm-hmm. Like, if you say to Rand, like, if Rand, like, let's say hypothetically Randall went to Tibbs and was like, "Dude, like, I need." I'm I'm trying to support Brunson, but I just need those ISOs. You know, like, like that's how Randall gets into the game. Let's say, let's just say that's true. The best way to mitigate that would be to put him with quickly Deuce Grimes and like Mitch and just say, okay, Randall, 
Right, or Cam and go small. But I'm trying right, to yeah. work with him. I'm trying to work with him, Tibbs' paradigm. I actually mm-hmm. agree with you. I think Cam would work even Dibs better. Tibbs' universe. But, but just to say, like, okay, Randall, the offense is yours. Like, quickly is the point guard, but you're the number one option. And these four guys will shoot, or three of the guys will shoot, and then the other four guys will work their ass off on defense and will try to make up for your effort, effort lapses. Like, if you were going to build an app, I actually really like that Tibbs did that tonight. I know I sort of gave him crap for, or I, I gave my conspiracy theory earlier, but I actually really like that he used Randall that way tonight. I think it's the best way to get the most out of him while he's here. Um, yeah, that's my thoughts on. I, I agree with what Jordan, or I appreciate Jordan for bringing that up because I thought it as the game was going on, like man, like this is the way to maximize Randall's strengths and minimize his weaknesses is to surround him with shooting and defense and let him be the guy on offense. And he's also much better at switching and stuff like that too. Like you see him when he does, it's interesting when it's like when he's in drop, you don't really know if he's actually in drop or not. You because he doesn't know if he's in drop or not. Right. So he's just, he's just kind of in like this lost space and he doesn't have his hands up and he just doesn't know what's going on. So he just when watches he, players and right. Like, like it's just wild. The but, rebound. but like, then you see him when it's like you, like he has to switch on to someone. And he just gets bigger, his feet start moving, and he'll just clamp you down. But he doesn't do but like you the defense isn't like that either. Like it's kind of wild how like you have all these different options and ways to like get guys engaged in, and like no one's doing it. And that's how you can get Julius probably somewhat motivated, right? Like if Julius Randall's giving like his switch, I can lock down anyone defense, it makes up for <laughs> so much of his stuff on offense. And you can can even get that out of them. You can really tell when teams are smart and when they're not smart. So here's a random anecdote. One of my favorite possessions of basketball ever is the Kevin Love stop on Steph Curry in game seven of the 2016 NBA finals. And I'm going to sound like a super nerd here, but the reason that I love that possession so much is because Draymond Green, who had 30 points in that game, and was had hit seven threes. They come out of that and they're like, we want Steph Curry to take the we want Steph Curry to take the shot and we want or we want him to have Kevin Love on him. Every team back then, if they were looking for a mismatch, would just have the guy who Kevin Love was guarding go and set the screen. But they knew that if Kevin Love's guy ran out to set a screen, somebody would pick him up on the way out and Kevin Love would switch onto that guy. So what Draymond did Green did he had Kevin Love on him. He pretended like he was going to go screen for Steph and he runs and sets an off ball screen for Andre Iguodala and they're switching everything. So Kevin Love reacts and then er, er, Kevin Love reacts and makes the switch onto Andre. And that is the reason why he ended up on Steph Curry is because they ran an off ball screen that the Cavs switched. Iguodala went and switched for a uh, screen for Curry and Kevin Love gets put on him. There are teams who they see that Julius Randle is a bad defender and they just try to like make him switch onto their best player. And it's like, that is the only way to make Julius Randle actually a good defender. But what mm-hmm. smart teams do is they involve Julius Randle's guy in all this off ball action and Randle, it just gets lost. And Absolutely. so like, if you see a team that's, that's trying to hunt Randle by like, having John Collins screen for Trey Young and hoping that J- Julius Randle gets switched on to Trey Young, dumb team. If you see a if you see a team 
have Julius Randle's offensive, the guy Julius Randle's guarding, set like a bunch of pin down or flare screens, do a bunch of shit off the ball, smart team. And the Cavs actually ran a bunch of stuff for uh, Mobley off the ball and Randle's on him. And Randall kind of held his own tonight. He actually seemed engaged most of the game, and it was pretty impressive. Well, but- it might have been because, you know, the, the points of emphasis film session that took place <laughs> right before the game on three-point defense. So or, there is a so- win for Thibs. Yeah, sorry about that long rant, but that was no, a long it's all good. Yo, how That meeting must have been terrible. Who did it? <laughs> Yo, there was no way that film session was like good vibes at all it's like one of those like awkward work meetings you have like you know it was it was or rough. just like or just like tibbs like calling out quickly and grimes for like the 10th time while he hasn't said randall's name once yeah and quickly, they're like uh-huh. and grimes at each other like dude you yeah. know like what is happening right now you're right you're right tibbs you're right i i i missed that rotation a bit my fault man my fault what do, what do you want me to do um Oh, this is a new name in here, Kylo Hendricks. Welcome to the stream. Is Jericho Sims grounded? Yes. Um, it seems so. Um, which shouldn't be the case because, like, I feel like certain matchups require Jericho Sims. Um, like maybe the five-out offense that the Mavs were running yesterday, you throw Jericho <laughs> Sims in the mix there. I don't know. I'm not an NBA coach, though. Um, there's been tons of matchups where I think Jericho Sims would have been better fitted better suited on the court than Isaiah Hartenstein who has feet that are like every eternally game. planted in cement blocks every game yeah but some games they are way way more evident than the other ones but yes I do agree I think Sim should be playing over Hartenstein anyways but yeah but do you, here's the reason why though <laughs> which is kind of funny is it's because the team literally has Isaiah Hartenstein doing Mitchell Mitchell Robinson's role that's that's not who he is as a player exactly like that's not who he is like if you want that just keep sims and like roll out sims if you want to do that just play sims otherwise you need to utilize his offense to mitigate his defense like it's pretty obvious like that's what's going on and they're just still running with it and it's like no just play jericho sims he's the better fit you're he's just a more switchable version of Mitchell Robinson, theoretically, like what they're looking for the team to do on defense. Like that's, that's what they, it, it, he won't do that either. It's, it's so bizarre. It's impacting Hardenstein too. Yes. Um, Hardenstein. Um, he missed two backdoor cuts today that like he would have made in the preseason in his sleep. Deuce is like a really good off ball mover. And mm-hmm. he saw Hardenstein one of the few times he had the ball at the top of the key Deuce cut back door, had an easy layup. I was shocked Hardenstein missed it. And yeah, like Doug is exactly right. If you're going to try and use Hardenstein like Mitch and Sims, just play Sims. Because like, I promise you, Hardenstein's not better at being Jericho Sims than Jericho Sims is. Like Hardenstein is a better player when used correctly because he can be a very useful offensive player. But he's not being a useful offensive player right now because now he refuses to shoot and we're not capitalizing on his passes Mm-hmm. So he's just a pick and dive guy with no vertical gravity at all. <laughs> like it's, the only guy, the only guy who's hit him rolling at all is quickly. That's it. Quick, so quickly bizarre. is the only one who even looks for him rolling. Right now he's just like attacking the offensive glass, and he did a good job of that tonight. By the way, mm-hmm. he was he was active on the offensive glass. But um, I do want to say one thing, Doug. Um, I'm curious what you guys think about this. The bummer for me about Sims with the defending, like when other teams go five out, Sims is definitely better than Hardenstein, mm-hmm. but like. 
don't we just want the Knicks to play Obi at the five? Like, is we it? Do. Yeah, but we know, but we know, we know what Thibs wants. So we're trying to cater to his vision a little bit by saying, yeah. like, let's just play Sims out there. And this is something that we actually discussed earlier this season on one of the post games, Jeff, that um that got clipped on the Strickland um podcast networks um at. So I think that that clip is up there. But yeah, this is something we also discussed, like how we would rather just have Obi, but trying to cater to Thibs's vision of things, it would probably be sims who fits that same profile but actually is a center which Sims is obsessed with because of rim protection um but yeah you know it's wild the theoretical like like tibbs does his hockey subs right he so he could theoretically have the 10-man rotation where heart and it's heart and sign ob grimes deuce quickly theoretically if he wanted to keep grimes like something along those lines I feel like that would be like a perfect time to utilize Hartenstein on offense because you just, it's like right there, just have him help play make. But like <laughs> Tibbs doesn't see it. And it's even more bizarre because he had Joe Kim Noah on the Bulls, who was a really good passer and he knew how to pass the yeah. ball. Like, <laughs> like, I don't understand anything this man does. It's so baffling to me because it's not like there isn't a precedent. Like, Tibbs, like, oh, I have no idea how to use him. You do know how to use them. You this is just going through early like, stage dementia. I, I don't know. We, we've pretty much sense. stopped running any action, by the way. Like we haven't run a Spain pick and roll in a few games, and that was like the one thing Tibbs did. That was like, whoa, out of the box. It's like, whoa, create yeah, whoa, whoa, play. Our entire offense is one of three players starts with the ball at the top of the key. Somebody gives them a screen. Please, please beat your defenders. That. <laughs> so that the defense has to start scrambling. That's it. Or we sometimes run a horn set, and then Julius gets the ball and a handoff, yada, yada. It is the the worst horn set ever, because not only do the the big guys like not do a good job screening, the the, the the other guys don't even give a shit that there's two guys in the corner. They couldn't care less. And the Knicks just can't execute it, because it's like no one respects them doing this set. But they'll, they'll still go do it. And, and it's the, wild. The problem with read and react as an offensive system is when you're two of your best uh, initiators in Brunson and quickly operate below the rim. Like defenses, even with Brunson, don't care. Like nobody is helping off shooters anymore. It's like mm-hmm. for quickly or Brunson to find a shooter, they have to like make it that pass quickly made yesterday in the Mavericks game of the first half where he was under the basket and made he like, it and, and made a skip to pass three. to the top of the key. Oh yeah. That where was Rose had the open three and he bricked That's it. Like and he, he bricked it to... really short, even yeah, though he took he like three really minutes short. to look. <laughs> that is like what, it. that is what they have to do to find shooters now because the book on the Knicks is out. Like, okay, quickly or Brunson gets in the lane, go beat him, you know, like, like quickly, That's especially it. quickly, maybe Brunson's drawing a little help because he's a more skilled player, offensive player. I don't but know. Quickly's been drawing a lot of help lately. The Knicks you know, you're, he you're, created you're, so many open opportunities. <laughs> the guys just cannot hit anything. I, I should, I should have said this game was excluded because okay. he set up, he set up four or five open threes today that were like, thank Wild. you. Like we're, we're back to that. And of course they didn't make any, but um, I agree with you. Quickly did a much better job drawing help today. But in general, when you don't have elite, a, a guy who's elite at putting pressure on the rim, like prime Derrick Rose, the help defenders don't sag off their shooters much. And it just makes it harder. 
Um, Definitely. And I think that's why he loves Randall so much. Honestly, like we, Randall is the one guy who, when he's on, you have to send a double. And that starts mm-hmm. the process. We yeah. can, we can, we can argue to we're blue in the face about Randall's overall impact, but that is undeniable there. He is the one player on the team who forces read and react to work when he's on because he mm-hmm. forces doubles. He forces the stuff Tibbs is looking for. And I think that's why he likes him so much. And the problem is Julius isn't the best at reading double teams. Basically what one of the worst, what, what is kind of wild is like, what makes him all like, what makes him all NBA <laughs> versus like what makes him as like a player. It's just basically not, besides the shooting too, but like just quickly recognizing the double team and passing. Like those quick were some of Randall's decisions. best plays quick were decisions. those quick decisions to get guys open. He was just like diamond people. Like I'm definitely going to highlight it in my thread tomorrow and I'm going to get shit because somebody always pops in and is like, Oh, you hate Randall. I'm just like, all right. There was a play in the first half when he got doubled at the, uh, at the elbow. Uh, y'all, y'all probably remember it. Mitch got fouled and missed both free throws. Mitch was under the basket alone for like five seconds. Like there was no one within five. Yeah. There's, feet the, yeah, there's a couple times he, he just misses guys too he just didn't see him and he finally saw him and it gave the defense enough time to get fouled. And it was just like, dude, Mm -hmm. like, how do you not see him? He's right there. Oh man. He missed Grimes in the corner once when he drew a double. You're a hundred percent right. Like he needs to be better at passing, but. We enabled him to, 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 to be a a primary creator. And you know, once you enable a guy like that, we saw what happens when you try to take that away from him. It's not pretty. It's not pretty from an attitude standpoint. And now we get all this BS propaganda about him smiling and meditating this year to to mend that image of what it was when he didn't have that last year. So, you know, um, Hawkeye420, he says, I'm convinced RJ has done this amazing Randall impression because he saw how Randall got rewarded with minutes. That's right. Yeah, I mean, if you're not going to hold the guy accountable for, (laughs) you know, playing a certain way, another guy, a younger guy, is going to see that and be like, okay, mm-hmm. that seems like an acceptable way to gain more playing time. And, you know, it has not, I mean, it has, re- it has rewarded RJ with some pl- extra playing time when he probably shouldn't have gotten playing time, but it also has gotten him benched a couple times <laughs> as well. So it's been, it's been weird how the accountability works on this team, but you know. Yeah. And that's why that's probably part of why RJ presses and stuff too. Like there's probably some really annoying uh, conflicts going on, at least maybe not spoken visibly but like internally like dealing with like friends and family and stuff like that i, oh, yeah, I bet for sure. I, I i bet that's probably the case we're probably right it's crazy that oh we played 13 minutes tonight that's yep. that's so few minutes like <laughs> oh man i just don't and cam played zero like i don't like i don't understand what and the, apparently he's out of the rotation according to he's this out of the rotation though so. Did Thibodeau actually say that? Well, he said Rose didn't play tonight only because, you know, okay, he's right. the second back-to-back. So he didn't adjust Cam. And that probably leads well, that, us That's why we're that. like Cam's out of the rotation. Because, because well, Cam didn't play tonight either. And he didn't say anything about Cam playing on a back-to-back. So it's like, oh, is Cam out now? Oh, Cam's and, out. They're probably going to have Grimes play at the three because he's been defending so well. And they're going to play like Deuce and Rose and IQ together? Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Maybe not. I don't. I don't know what he's thinking. I, I mean, don't know what's going yeah, on. Yeah, Deuce is back out. He's going to stick with a nine-man rotation. He's mo- he's going back to a nine-man rotation. It's oh yeah, he's be- yeah he's wow. just taking Deuce out. Yeah, that's probably he's going to go. He's going to go. Do- he's going to go Deuce and uh, Rose, or excuse me, he's going to go Rose for Deuce. Wow. <laughs> Look, I I 
it's literally one move away as long as Randall's on a team. If he just replaced Cam with Rose and went with a nine-man rotation, I'd be fine with it. Like, I I mean, I thought Deuce defended his ass off tonight, and I liked him as a defender. But he cannot I bring anything else. Devastated if he was getting DNPs? No, I, I wouldn't be devastated because he needs to work on his offense a little bit more, and that's right. that's fine. Like, But Cam, look, Cam is super polarizing in the Knicks fan base, mostly because his stands are insane people. But it's undeniable. Unhinged. It's undeniable. Fan, baby. It's undeniable that he showed enough to be in this rotation. Oh yeah, for sure. And like, you can't take a guy with that kind of skill set who showed what he showed and just just be like, yeah, we don't we don't need that. Especially a team as light on wings as the Knicks are. Knicks are. That's like the one thing we don't really have any of. We have RJ, and that's kind of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to what Doug was just saying, like let's. Yeah, he's going to play Grimes at the threesome, but that shouldn't be to remove Cam entirely. You I should know, play I know. Cam at the foursome. Like, that's, yeah. what, that's what the move should be, is Cam and RJ should both get more minutes at the four. It's just, it's going to be crazy. Like, he's so far behind. Is he still going to be the coach in, like, a year? And then he's going to be like, oh, light bulb. You know, like, it's just crazy. Light bulb's never going to go out. There's, go on. Oh, it's not going on. <laughs> You know, it's wild for like Cam, like he's finally like he's he is truly getting better on the Knicks versus the uh, the Hawks. Like it's kind of wild to actually see because they just simplified his game. They're just like shoot threes and attack closeouts. And then if you see a guy open pass it, like they just simplified Cam's game. And then you're just like, oh, he's pretty good. Right. Then you're just like, oh, I see the Cam vision. And then he just has pretty much like one bad game yesterday. It was pretty bad. You're just it was keep... really bad. It was really and bad. He took, but like... he took a couple of those mid-range shots too. That like you hate him. You hate him at shooting. But who cares? Like to your point, right. that's what I said. Like you were already getting clapped, so like, right. it didn't even matter. Exactly. Like you're he gonna can have just... a bad game. He could have a bad game. Like he's doing exactly what you want. He had exactly. a bad game. You're just gonna be like, now you're done because you have one bad game. Like that's if that's the case, we'll see. But it's like to be determined. Like maybe this was like a message. Like don't do it again, but you'll be back in the rotation. I don't know, but it's just kind of wild just to be like, he's gone. It's poor. And the thing you were saying about his shot profile, what was amazing about it to me is the games he had it going, like his higher scoring games, it didn't like encourage him to step out of his shell. Like, like me and Sam talk about that all the time last year, like me and Sam were like, he thinks he's Paul George. The second he gets it going, he's going to start dancing. He's going to start He didn't do that. He was just like, he was very bought into his role. And what I saw against the Mavericks was a guy who got even less touches than usual. He didn't even get those catch and shoot threes. He didn't get a chance to get his feet wet. And so those shots were more a matter of like, oh shit, I might not touch the ball again for the rest of the half. Like I got to make something happen. So I think you really have to find your balance with a guy like Cam. And I thought they did a really good job of it before he got injured. And I'm just completely surprised that they, have just decided that they don't need his skills at all i think that's a big mistake i just i just hope it's just a one game thing like that's all we can really hope for that is it is just a one game thing because otherwise it's just then you go then you go back to the whole argument of why'd you trade the first round pick for him why'd you do all that like the idea is like you traded for him he started playing well like keep going with it roll with the good vibes wilson chandler wilson chandler tweeted two hours ago reddish could be such a good player for the knicks man shaking my head I mean, he has been. That's the thing. Like, Cam's been really good this year. 
Yeah. He just had I mean, one bad his, game. He's like, on his keep. There are people being like, should you know, should Cam play over RJ given how RJ was playing? And then part of you is like, oh, kind of. RJ's been sucking, right? Like there were there was a point a few games ago where we were like that. Like he was playing really well. Can't take him out for one bad game. Come on. We could have used Cam fam. I told I'll tell you that. We could have used them in this game. Cam this over Cam over RJ has tons of merit on games when RJ's struggling and you need length on the wing against certain defenders. Yeah. Like if we're facing the Celtics and RJ's having one of these awful games, we've no one to guard Jason Tatum. No one. No one. And like, okay, if we try to force Grimes on him, then we have no one to guard Jalen Brown. Like they're just going to get cooked. You need a guy like Cam because Grimes and RJ, if RJ doesn't make a leap, which I still believe he can, but we're not seeing it yet. Not seeing it. That's not good enough to be to to stop Brown and Tatum or a duo like that. The way that Grimes and Quickly was good enough to stop Mitchell and Garland tonight. Like the reason we were able to stop those two is because Quickly, his size doesn't hurt him as much against a guy like Garland, and he's an elite defender against those guys. But when they get bigger, you need a guy like Cam. And yeah. Yeah, nice Hug Life, Hug Life says Grimes had Donovan in jail. Right. Hug Life also said since the Knicks are reportedly, reportedly open to trading IQ for a first round pick, I how high does that pick have to be at minimum for you to pull the trigger? For me, the to, pick it doesn't matter. It has to be. I don't want IQ traded. It has to be for the pick that's going to be. Was it Wemby? <laughs> oh yeah, it has to be the number one pick. It needs to be. It needs to be the number one pick. If not, we at least need at least expand to like top. Something. I'll say top. I'll say top five. Top five. Top five like is the solid. Thompson no, I am the Thompson twins. No, really listen, good. listen. Yeah. I am diving all the way back in on the IQ hype after the past couple games because I think his shot is falling, and like if the shots fall, my confidence now. Like, like I don't think anything's shaking him anymore. I think the the garbage time buckets definitely helped him gain some confidence. Look, I look. You I'm know. just saying, man. Like he's the only like Brunson does a good job of drawing help, but like quickly really drawing help. So like, if his shots fallen too, just the way he's playing defense, you, you can't you can't just not play him thirty minutes a game. Like, it's kind of wild. That's why I'll, that's why it's only for one by one by Yana. That's it. Um, Chris Bernhard says, "Someone tell Tyrese to stop with the AD love fest because I'm getting violently ill." What's yes, he, he has been he has been teasing. Trade the Knicks trading for 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 AD on this post game show <laughs> for the last couple of days, um, and now he's on the timeline. I guess shaking his ass for for AD after he dropped the fifty piece today. So, by the way, quickly is quickly is almost at fifty four true shooting already. Like the overreaction to his shooting was always so insane. I know because like, I think it's because he usually starts the season off in a longer slump so people are expecting it to like regress back again but like i think he's finally like he's reached a point in the season where he usually reaches where he's like consistently giving you good stuff on offense now so yeah this this game is one of the things that we've all talked about he was six of eight from the floor and he didn't attempt a three yeah Mm -hmm. that's in like if he has that if he can do that if he just starts shooting threes normal, he's like, I Doug know. just said it. I'm stealing his words. You have to play him 30 minutes a game. You just have to. Yes. He's, he's already an elite defender. He's already an elite rebounder for a guard. He's like, he's just, he, he's a good connector. 
Just just start making your threes, dude, and then like the agenda that, can see, really take That's it. why teams want him, right? Because they're they're seeing this. They're probably like, can we get him? Right? Like you know, some teams like, could we get him and just roll the dice and be like, are the Knicks really that blind? So I think that's why that's why I think he's on the market, right? There's a there's a there's a team probably thinking like us, like, do they not see it in quickly? Like, let's just go for it. That's why teams are going to trade for him, and that's why he may get traded because someone's going to take a shot. We're going to be like, "Fuck, we should not have let him go." Tonight was the first healthy DMPs of the season for Cam Reddish and Derrick Rose. Poor Cam fam. It's really stupid. Like, free him. What What is the guy supposed to do? How much better are the games when Cam is cooking? Right. They're so much fun. Like when he's like, I'm attacking the rim and you can't stop me, Cam. It's great to watch because he does the, like the crazy Euros and stuff like that. I fucking and he's finally it. embraced contact this year. Yeah, which is, I, like, I love it, man. Plus. Yeah, he's just going at people like I'm better than you. Like he just he he plays with like a confidence like that's fun to watch when he's cooking. Just like let him play. Yep. Um, 24 seconds says I need a coaching disaster class these next few games. So Thibs is gone after the Pacers game. Well, you had a disaster class with JB Bickerstaff today. That's who ruined your uh your disaster class. Well, actually, you know what? Let me take a look at the next schedule because I do want to see, you know, who we I mean, this is he's 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 not getting fired. I'm telling you, he's not getting fired. This bought him all the time in the world. Oh, yeah, we got a pretty easy stretch coming up. <laughs> I mean, the Hawks, they've been, like, mid, I would say. I mean, they're 13 and 10, but, like, they've they've kind of, like, they've struggled. They lost some leads, especially against that Rockets game. That was a really bad loss for them. Uh, they're also having some locker room tension stuff, too. Yes. Yeah, I was, I was came out today on Trey. Well, if a Nick one day was just like, you know what, I'm not playing. Like, <laughs> why is this not a bigger story? I don't understand. Like that is what happened, right? Like Trey was just like, "Nah, I'm good." I and then think he's... so. This is this is some potential fake news on us right now. <laughs> but no, I think that was the case. We're gonna need our we're gonna need our Ed, uh, producers to check that for us. Yeah, I mean that's the report I read is that yeah. McMillan gave him like a ultimatum, basically. An yeah. Ultimatum was like, you can either you can do the pregame or you cannot play, and he was like, "Nah, I'm good. I won't play." <laughs> Yeah, because it was like a disagreement about his rehab, about his shoulder. Yeah, and basically, I think he wanted him. He wanted him to play off the bench, and Trey wasn't having it. So then he was like, "All right, if you're not gonna come off the bench, then why even show up?" And then he's just like, "Okay, I'm not gonna play." That's so crazy. Like, it must be nice to just get to root for your team and not like if that was a Nick who did that. Oh my god, the national media would have a fucking field day with us. Well, I mean, hopefully tomorrow. I mean And I and I would have loved it. <laughs> the Hawks there they the Hawks did great and Shams did great at leaking this on a Sunday. So when like no national media can really talk about it. Mm-hmm. And then by the time it's tomorrow, some other story might come out that like surpasses it. So like it won't even probably get talked about on all those afternoon shows and morning shows. But it still might. But I mean it's also the Hawks, so yeah, like we'll, no one yeah, really we'll cares. find out. If it was like yeah, if it was like the Knicks or even the Nets or like a a Los Angeles team had done this, then it would definitely be all over TV. But since Julius like Randle, off- Julius Randle saying I'm not coming off the bench, <laughs> that would be hilarious. <laughs> I would I would actually find that see I would find that really funny. <laughs> but yeah, I mean the next few games are the Hawks, the Hornets, 
on the road. Then we have the Kings at home. Then we play the Bulls back um on in when in Chicago on Wednesday and um Friday next week. Um and Damn, the Bulls have like a, been this sounds like a streak. <laughs> the Bulls haven't been so mid. Oh no. So if we lose to them, then maybe he might get fired. But Sam, I, I, Sam, I lost my train of thought. Can you say Hawks and then who? Hawks, Hornets, Kings, then the Bulls oh. twice, then the Pacers next Sunday. And what's the what's the home away situation of those games? Um, so we have the we have the Hawks at home. We right. go to the we go to Charlotte on Friday. Mm-hmm. Then on then on Sunday we're at home versus the Kings. Then Wednesday and Friday at Chicago. That's it. That's where and, it's going to happen. That's where I'm making the prediction. Tibbs is going to get fired in the second game of that. It's going to be poetic. He's going to lose oh, to the Bulls think... in Chicago back to back. And that's where I feel, like, I feel like this is like the Philly game. Like I think this was the moment. Because we had two days off, and if they just lost like to Cleveland in bad fashion again after getting booed off the court Saturday, it was right there. It was right. It there. was literally right here for us. <laughs> That's what pisses me off so much. I feel everyone, like we're just gonna beat Atlanta. Because like everyone would have lost it. Good. Like they would have lost it if they like if the Cavs came back and won. This there game. were moments where I thought, ooh, right? Like, this, we might everyone, lose this one. Like, everyone would have lost it if they didn't fire Tibbs after that, right? Like, it would have been, uh, it would probably, it would be really big if they didn't fire him after a disaster loss like this. And they wouldn't, the Knicks wouldn't survive that. The front off, like, they would get lit up in this close. <laughs> this close, this close to chaos, man. We're this close. Man, I mean, we were so close today to that Woj notification hitting after the game. Davis has been let go of his duties, all that stuff. Oh man, it had it had all the vibes in the making of it, right? Like because we were we we lost the eighteen point lead, then yeah. we had a twelve point lead, and then that got diminished to like five or six in the fourth quarter. And like there was a point in the fourth quarter where it was like eighty six to like seventy eight, mm-hmm. and then I was like, "Ooh, Cavs! They might, they might come back and win yeah, this." So close, and, we were so close to having one of those. And nights. then he just kept they, <laughs> they kept taking bad shots, they kept bricking shots, and yeah, we just got really fortunate. So close, man! So close. <laughs> we're gonna blow. We're gonna like, blow a nasty lead very soon, though. It also just shows how results how, how results oriented people are it's hilarious because the knicks could have played this exact game and just lost by 20 and yeah. like and then everyone would be saying like oh my god the knicks like they've got to do something this was a horrible performance 92 points in 2022 like but instead it's a double digit win like i don't know it's weird like, and again this isn't me saying the process was bad i i we talked about the process was good for the most part tonight. Don't really have much negative to say, but it just feels like it feels like it's for the good of the franchise to go separate ways. And I don't, I don't know how to separate that from being a Knicks fan and just rooting for the team. That's it's just really hard. I don't like, I I'm someone that doesn't want to loot for losses, but like they have me like basically like watching these games, like, man, I am just waiting for this collapse right now because it is going to be juicy after the game, after this collapse. Yeah, it's just kind of wild to think because I kind of lost my train of thought. Now I'm really mad. (laughs) (laughs) 
no it's just no it's just kind of sad because like i don't know dad yeah, i lost it my fault guys i'm sorry it's all good no, it's I'm all sorry, good i crapped out on that one man the knicks melt my me. brain after every game and i lose my train of thought all the time so. bro they're killing me man they're killing me all the time oh oh i remember it now you know what it is there it also makes this worse the reason why the team won isn't going to be continued that's oh, of that's, course not right because we know like the problem is ultimately like if you ask like why do you want tibbs fired why do you want that and it's ultimately like because tonight is never going to consistently happen no because he just won't put the team in that position and that's why you, when you hear the derrick rose thing and you're just like oh yeah, Derek was going to be back next game. Oh, we're going to give up like 130 yeah, points like and this, like we're going to score like this 125. This type of play is more sustainable. Like, that is like, so crazy. That's such right, a good point. Right? Because it's like... They won by 11 points because of their defense and some reporter was like, hey, this change probably helped your defense. He's like, yeah, it's just a one-game thing. We're going back. Like that's yeah, going to be back next game. It doesn't right? matter. So it's just like the frustration is we don't think this is going to actually be sustainable. And that's part of the problem, too, because even RJ could sh- completely shit the bed in the first half. He was just like, fuck it. I'm coming out strong in the third. And that's what he did. And you're just like, good job, RJ. You played like shit in the first half. You shook it off and you came out and played. You didn't play for most of the, most of the game after that, but at least you started off the uh, the half well. And you're just happy with that type of performance and just that defensive intensity and everything. But we were all waiting there like, yeah, but we want a loss. Because we know this isn't going to happen. Like, I don't know. It's just the whole thing is just so fucked right now. And just because this one win, this one win wouldn't change anything. Because if the Cavs basically make their open shots in the first like the first smoked. five minutes, we get smoked. The team is probably getting smoked and you're firing him. So you're going to let this one result affect something you were already going to do and you almost did anyway. So, like, just do it. Like, you should just do it even now, even in the wind. Just be like, you know this isn't going to happen again. It's not going to. We want it to. We we would love nothing more to be like, oh my god, Tibbs finally saw the light. He's finally changing things. He's He's cracked the code. He's cracked the code. He's playing Obi a little more. He has Randall switching. Like, he's using Hartenstein's passing. Like, you see all that. He's playing Emmanuel quickly. We would be like, Oh, thank God he finally saw it. The team finally sees it. But no, we're not getting that. That's the upsetting part. That's why we're so upset, because we're not going to see it. Not. That, that's not. such a good point. There was some guy in my mentions today that was like, that basically like accused me of, um, he was like, you get off on criticizing these coaches. And I was like, dude, do you know what I would give to not have to do this? Like to just be like, yeah, I was wrong, actually. Tibbs learned. And like, like I, you know how fun, do you know how fun all, all NBA Julius Randle was? <laughs> Right, he was exactly. he was he was amazing. I want that guy every night. And we didn't even really like we talked about it a little bit, but it wasn't nearly as much like <laughs> why is Tibbs playing Alfred Payton over better basketball players? You know, like and maybe yeah, we, we should have talked about it more. Yeah, we didn't. <laughs> nope, but we were. That's the thing. A we lot of like people were, the season, but a lot of people were saying this could be a lot better. Oh no, I agree. I'm just saying it wasn't Payton like it play. wasn't like fire Tibbs. It was like. I don't know why he has this blind spot for Alfred Payton, but this season right. is really good. So thank that you was that. that was the first clue. That, that was like, like that was it. Like it was right. That there. was the just... biggest clue that like this man has no idea what he's doing, and he's just like relying on like God mode Julius. And like as soon as that dis dissipated, and there was no Alfred Payton to hide behind, 
and Julius Randle to hide behind. We saw the true version of Thibs, who we've all come to, you know. They hate. basically replaced the 2021 team with two better backcourt players. Like they, right? It's the same team, the same starting lineup, but you have Quentin Grimes instead of Reggie Bullock and Jalen Brunson. <laughs> it's and the still Payton, right it's like if you're like oh shit that 2020 team you're just like that's a team right like you're just like that that would have been really good but like it's not but we know it's not going to happen in tibbs it, like we've replaced them with better players and we're getting worse results because of two things <laughs> because we don't we we underestimated how how important shooting luck was in that season yeah. we have the number one defense in the nba like number one three point shooting. Really, you really think it was because we were no? I mean, yes, we were a good defense, just like we were last year. We were the number eight defense last year, but the shooting luck, you know, was a little bit more reasonable last season. Now we're getting the pipe on a shoot from a shooting luck standpoint, and we're seeing this is what happens when you live and die by letting teams shoot other threes. And then the second thing is Julius Randle was a like a god from the mid range that season. So mm-hmm. yeah, if you give this team. God mode Julius Randle and all the shooting luck. I bet we're looking pretty good this season too. I know. So it's like we we want that to happen, but like we kind of all understand like that isn't the reality right now. So you kind of have to pivot. Like I would love nothing more for to not have to like we would. I love I would love nothing more for the success. But like you kind of have to at this point. Like it's not happening and it sucks. But you got to take you got to take the loss right now. Like it's not happening. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay Doug, that it's not. Doug, I gotta say, you're rocking sort of the uh Tony Stark facial hair, and I think it looks sweet. Oh yeah. Coming to the end of the stream like this. I'm a big fan, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, last comment before we head out of here. JL says, if they lose on Christmas badly, fire him, then he doesn't have a family anyways. <laughs> Man, that's brutal. God damn. That's, These people, they, they, you, you guys should have been here when RJ was really like stinking it up. The comments were absolutely brutal. People have a lot of hate in their hearts. I saw, I man, I saw some great rant against. I don't even watch soccer. Some soccer player was bad in the World Cup, and this guy made a thread about how bad this guy's been in big moments <laughs> whole career. And oh, in, like, I saw in, that like, thread. The tenth tweet was like, and we all should have seen it coming because he choked away the twelve and under soccer game he played, and then cried on the way home. Apparently, <laughs> and I was like, dude, you're shitting on a twelve year old. I, that's actually pretty impressive. Let that's me find out funny. what Julius Randle was doing at twelve years old. I'll make the same thread. <laughs> no, we're doing the same thing. I'll make the same thread, man. We should have seen it coming. We got to do it with Tibbs, though. How yeah, does Tyrese it? get to fade like this? Ga- like this game? Like how does he only get? How, how convenient that his internet went out at this like exact time when oh, Julius yeah. Randall decided to like look like poop. I mean, his internet's not out. He's probably on Twitter right now. Yeah, he's on Twitter fawning over Anthony Davis. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And, conco- and concocting fake trade packages and shitting on Obi. Yes. Oh yeah, his favorite pastime, of course. Well, All right. I think this is a perfect place to end. Shout out to everyone that tuned in, left a comment and a question. We tried to get to all of them the best that we could. Thanks, everyone. Um, Make sure you guys leave a like and subscribe. We are trying to get to 1K subs. So that will definitely help us out a ton. 
Join us on Wednesday after the Knicks take on the Hawks on ESPN. Oh no! Oh National no! TV. <laughs> oh, this. Oh fuck! Maybe maybe it will come earlier. <laughs> they get embarrassed on ESPN. Like maybe oh, it won't be the man. Bulls, but it, it's ESPN embarrassment against the Hawks. That's also a good narrative punch to get a uh, get a potential firing. It is. You have Woj right on the scene and shit. Yeah, I can oh, see yeah. it. I could see it. Yeah, no, Woj is live. He's like, I'm in the locker room. He's fired <laughs> right now. <laughs> I need that. I need that. Yo, I, I need, need that. in-depth reporting. I need Woj in the locker room. Saying Thibs is screaming at Leon Rose, you can't do this to me. That's all we've been through. But Yo, that, um, would, yeah. that, that, would, that would be a wild night if that happened. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Make sure y'all join us on Wednesday after the Knicks take on the Hawks. We will be back then. Um, And yeah, peace out. Enjoy your night. All right, everyone. Our house is a mess. Come on in. I'm Amber Wallen, internet comedian, plant queen, and host of your new favorite podcast, Fly on the Wild. Okay, that's pretty presumptuous to assume that this is going to be their favorite podcast, by the way. Like, come on, Amber. Anyway, that wasp that you just heard interrupt me is my husband. And co-host, Benjamin Wallen, also a comedian, and I host people at our home. I have a great wine collection in my cellar. Well, you it's mean not a cellar. the mini fridge. It's a mini fridge. It's a mini fridge. Yeah. New New episodes of Fly on the Wallen drop every Wednesday. Listen in as we discuss relationships, books, and keeping our sweet baby kid alive while we make laughs on the internet. Subscribe to Fly on the Wallen wherever you get your podcasts.